The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos have a pair of hidden tentacles that they use only for fist-bumping other armadillos in greeting? If you're wondering why you've never seen armadillo tentacles, well then obviously you aren't an armadillo. <laughs> but, but we are armadillos. I know. Well, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to listeners. Okay. Listeners, we're fist-bumping right now. <laughs> yeah, with our, our special hidden armadillo tentacles. I think when they're armadillo tentacles, they're called armadillicles. Um, Armadillicals. Dillicals. Armadillicals? Armadillicals. You, do you want to say that again so it sounds smarter? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to sound smarter. <laughs> I'm never going to sound <laughs> For more armadillo facts and to find out how you can get access to episodes a day early and to find out about our other podcasts, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading of Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 16 through 20 of Knife of Dreams, book 11 of The Wheel of Time. Last time. Previously, Tuan and Matt go straight to hell, <laughs> where they listen to some raunchy tunes, drink, and do some light gambling. My kind of hell, honestly. Uh, they even get into a street brawl on the way home. Matt really knows how to show a lady a good time. Meanwhile, Perrin watches a guy vomit beetles until he dies and gets shot with an arrow, none of which gets him any closer to freeing Fayil. But at least he advances his mysterious fork root scheme. Uh, Elaine is super pregnant, and it's really putting a cramp in her ascension to the throne of Andor deal. She's got sea folk and sisters and Aiel and Aes Sedai, and they all have opinions. One day she'll be queen and she could just have a lot of them beheaded for insubordination. <laughs> but for now. <laughs> also, we discover that Avienda is a Terangrial whisperer just in time for her to get bundled off when all of the IEL leave Camelin under secret orders from Rand. Now, what is that little dragon up to? <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 16 The New Follower, Icon of the Black Aja. So, Elaine finally goes to meet those mercenaries. Yeah. Uh, who are super cool. I love these guys. I'll read a whole <laughs> book about these guys. <laughs> As she walks in, she's thinking about how much she hates Melar. Like, it's a little late, but hey, you know. <laughs> yeah. She boots him the fuck out of her meeting anyway. Right, yeah, because he is there and he's still shady. Yep. And she's like, I'm keeping, I was keeping him around to let people think he was my baby daddy, but now the, the people don't think that, so I'm just keeping around for my schemes. Yeah. But, yeah, but not think, a good choice. Yeah, I, I mean, at this point, I think she really wants to kill him but she needs an excuse or a reason or whatever well, I, think, I think we're going to find out later she's trying to figure out who he's working for yeah yeah well I think that's why she's having yeah yeah you're right yeah, yeah but she's literally thinking how if he doesn't kill himself she's going to kill him <laughs> yeah uh, one of the mercenary captains ends up confronting the Aes Sedai about the split and the, the Black Aja problems um as he eases his massive testicles out of the wheelbarrow that he probably rolled them in it. I assume. It's, it's subtext, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, whoa, dude. <laughs> right up in that Aes Sedai's face. Because, I mean, they're still Aes Sedai. Like, you know, yeah. whatever position they're in, they still have godlike powers yeah. to, you know... Terrifying wizards. Yeah. The mercenaries want more money. Yeah. And she's having none of it. Yeah. And she's like, take a hike, bozos. Yeah, do what you said or get fucked. <laughs> also, these Aes Sedai will literally kill you. <laughs> Yeah. Short, you know, it's a short-term fix, but uh, I feel like the utility of these mercenaries is wearing thin anyway. Uh, yeah, I guess so, too. I mean, they're, they're there to die for you. 
And these guys sound like they don't want to die for you, so why are they there? Yeah, and, and at this point, at least her, I mean, her forces aren't wonderful, but she just got a, a an infusion of 10,000 former it's guardsmen. True, yeah. So their bargaining power just declined. Mm-hmm. So Elaine is pretty sure that one of those three Aes Sedai, uh, Sariatha, Karian, or Merilil, are the Black Asha. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not sure I buy her reasoning, but she's sure of it. Yeah. And she's like, it's a real bummer because I like all three of them, so that means one of the people I like is going to have to die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, risk being a queen, like to be queen. Yeah. <laughs> and she gets some news from Reen Harfor and Halwyn Nori that Aramilla expects to be marching into Camelon soon, this week. D- yeah, and there's another note here that actually answers something we talked about in the last episode. We were, we were t- in the last episode, we were talking about why they didn't just teleport in and Zorch Aramilla and her followers, but they're doing like a secret rotation. I forgot they were doing that, which no, means yeah. that they're, it's hard to figure out exactly where they are. She, even she thinks, knows where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they'd still be able to, they should still do that sabotage thing we talked about. Yeah. I still think they could just get up on the walls and look and see. It's not like they're that far away. Yeah, or pay just a bunch of, like, the city people, you know? Give them a few, like, coppers. Whoever yeah. sees them gets a, you know, reward or something. Sure, yeah. She does, And she even has a... She has a telescope. Like, she has a spyglass, right? She's using it in the, in the last... Uh, the last oh, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. How big is the city? It, it must was, be massive, right? I mean, it's, it is huge. It's one of the great cities of the of the of the world at this yeah, point. Yeah, right? but in this kind of in this level of technology, a great city means like a hundred thousand people. Yeah, that's what I was wondering about. It's so, still pretty sprawling, probably, right? Like at least a few miles. I mean, she gives a well, she offers a mile to. In, the, in this time period, they're packed up pretty tight because those those are just like the the horticulturists and the townsfolk and the craftsmen or whatever. They're all packed together around the the seat of nobility. So they they usually don't have a whole lot of space to themselves, if she's, because because everything is farmland everywhere. That's what matters. If she can offer a square mile to the sea folk of of Camelon, then that it's got to be it's true large-ish. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. They, they probably are pretty dense. Yeah, I, I imagine it's a lot smaller than Austin, for instance. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Austin's a relatively sprawling city as it is, I suppose. Yeah, I I would expect it to be about the size of downtown Austin. I could see that. Yeah. Which is to say, you know, a few miles across. I don't know if I'd buy then that that would be really hard to figure out where Aramilla was going to be. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Especially if she's, you know, there's like a, there usually is like one main army encampment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think they mentioned that they are divided up by their forces. The The way it's set up is there's a, an encampment for each kind of house that's, mm-hmm. that's brought forces yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. rotating between their, you know, hospitality, quote unquote, but still. Yeah. yeah. Either way, so... Elaine wants Melar's boss. Yeah. And uh, so far, Melar has killed five people that she's been tracking. No, no, no. They mysteriously lost five people who were trying to follow Melar. They keep tripping and falling on knives. You know, it's like. Yeah, the, the knife goes straight through their purse strings, empty out their purse, and then right into their heart. Yeah. It's really just the, you know, the, the shoddy workmanship of the streets of Camelot. That's the problem here. Right, yeah. It's a hazard out there. Yeah. But uh, they've got a plan now. Uh, Nori brings in a guy named Samuel Hark, a super cut purse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's, this guy This guy cracks me up. He's like completely uh, innocuous, right? Like yeah. the kind of person that nobody will notice. And he's been collecting the purses for <laughs> like 20 years. And he it was really funny. Them, yeah. yeah, they were like, we found like purses. We found cut purses in his home. And he's like, oh, I just collect them. We found like 
thousands of them. Yeah. Well, I've been collecting them for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we found gold in the walls and floor of your house. Yeah. Oh, it's an inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's really funny. Yeah, he's got an answer for everything. He's great. It was yeah. kind of a cool detail. They found purses from right after the Ideal, Ideal War. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. he's been doing it for a long time. Right. <laughs> it's funny because uh, uh, Elaine's like, okay, so... I'm going to have you follow this guy. And he's like, yeah, I'll do that. He's like, and just to make sure you stay loyalty, I'm going to put a, like a tracking spell. And he's like, oh, <laughs> cool. <Yeah. laughs> so I guess they'll be able to find his body. After yeah. Melar kills him. That, that yeah. is true. Maybe he can avoid all those yeah. loose ground knives. Was he the one who he kept claiming he was a clerk, but then they like found a piece, he wrote something oh, yeah. and he was they practically illiterate? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a clerk. That's why, that's how I make a living. Mm-hmm. It's like barely, yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's that's very, pretty funny. It's very funny. Uh, so he is on the case. Yeah. And I hope he lasts longer than the other guys because I like this guy. It yeah, reminded me, who was it? Was it Matt who was like, hey, get me the the horse thieves or get the guys oh, who the right. horse yeah. thieves think are the best that's thieves? That's right. And that's yeah. how he got Bannon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kind of the same idea. Yeah. Who does the, the cut purse turn in uh, to the cut purse, Steve? You know, whatever things. Yeah. Yep. But then they get some news that Dielan has returned. So chapter 17, a bronze bear, icon of the wheel of time. Uh, as Elaine is heading over to meet Dielan, she's got all these nobles with her that are on her side, and they're all worried and she's, freaking out. Yeah, she's trying to do some glad-handing, but she, she notices that everyone's like... Yeah. Really upset. Even and, the and, implacable people are exactly. freaking out. And, yeah. and, and Birgitta clues her in. It's because the palace did change. Yeah, it's not her crazy pregnancy brain or something. Because we thought that was like extreme. Yeah, we, yeah. Like, it didn't make any sense. And this totally explains it. Uh, the, the palace has literally been altered as if it was a, a different design, you know? Yeah. The frightening part to me is they don't even know if the city has changed or not. Or if it's just the palace. That's right. terrifying to me. Yeah. Yeah. And Birgit's like, hey, what if you get stuck in a in a room without any windows or doors if what the if, palace changes? What if the room disappears? Where do you go if the yeah. room you're in disappears? Jesus. Like, this, yeah. is, this is kind of like eldritch horror stuff, right? Yeah, right? It's scary. Although I I would reassure Birgitta that if like if this is the pattern like switching to a new track a new thing that might have happened then all the people get moved too it's not going to switch to a track where there's just a doorless room right well because that would never have gotten built but in any timeline that is a good point that is a good point that's what i would think unless it's a merging of two different uh i guess yeah that's true yeah and and also it's it's just as likely that it's not the palace that's changed it's all their memories that got changed that's a good point yeah oh i didn't think about it that way oh that sucks yeah either way it's not a great sign no matter which way you look at it i didn't think it was a pattern thing i thought it was just another sign of like you know like the villages that are long gone arising out of the it's gotta be it's gotta be one of those things yeah Yeah. like a ghost thing i was thinking maybe dark one bubbles because we haven't seen those in a while you know like corruption that just causes weird things to happen but any of those things it's not not great news (laughs) yes but anyway, I'm glad she's not crazy. Yeah. And uh, there's <laughs> Elaine's got one of her bodyguards with her. And one of her bodyguards, Denis, she asks her about it. The, she asks her, like, are you freaked out about the palace? And she's like, any day you wake up, maybe you die. <laughs> Thanks, Denis. <laughs> <laughs> Good talk. Good talk, man. Good talk. <laughs> she's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. So they head to the map room. Which sounds amazing. It's awesome. I love the map room. I know. Oh, yeah, I hope that they that do this cool, in the show. Right? I yeah, would love yeah. to see this. The whole map of the city of Camelin out on the floor so yes. you can walk around on it. Yeah. And Brigitte's turned this into her, stri- uh, her strategy room, which is her makes perfect room. sense, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they should go see if the city has changed 
and then see if this map room has changed also see, to match the city. They should have us on this case. Like we'd we'd have it. We have. We have all these interesting ideas, and it's like, I don't know, I guess we'll have to figure it out. We'd be the ADA, the Armadillo Detecting Agency. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also, okay, this is something that's come up a couple times. Elaine notices that people keep trying to eavesdrop. Like, every time she goes to a place, she puts up her little, like, eavesdropping shield, and someone is always trying to listen to her, and she doesn't seem worried about that at all. She should be worried about that, right? Well, it could just... It could be anybody, right? It could be good guys, bad guys. Well, any channeler. Well, that's true. Yeah. Like, I think it's just the nature of the Aes Sedai. They're so fucking nosy that I think she's just used to it. Like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, she'd probably try and do it too, right? Yeah, I, I, that's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I believe we've observed on many occasions that she does that. <laughs> right, yeah. This, this is just an Aes Sedai thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I was thinking, like, this is clear indication that Black Aja is involved, but no, it's just Aes Sedai being assholes. So they get a quick strategic layout of the, the military situation with Aramilla and the uh, Goshien and Bashir and the Borderlanders and the Ashaman and all the unaligned lords who are just hanging out to see who survives. Yeah. Elaine meets with Dielin and the, the child lords are there. <sighs> the high lord junior club. They're the worst. <laughs> they want to know the news too. I like Dielin though. I, yeah, Dielin. I like Dielin a lot. Yeah. I, she's got a... Nobody can just be so cool, right? Yeah. She's got to be evil. <laughs> like, it's really hard for me to trust Dylan, but so far she seems to be on the up and up, as far as we can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the unaligned lords are still committed to neither side. They, they all want to make Dylan herself the queen, but Dylan said no. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, the, the Borderlanders, when the Borderlanders showed up, Elaine had this idea that she could use them to kind of drive the, the other lords to join her or to, uh, or to do something, right? Yeah. And it seems to have had kind of the opposite effect because all these lords are holding back saying, oh, we need to save our forces so that when all the dust settles, someone can fight off these borderlanders. So it's kind of interesting to see that that kind of, I don't know, maybe backfired a little bit. Yeah, it did. And then the, they get some news from Van Deen who comes in. Uh, Rianne is dead. Yeah. Evidently killed by somebody with the power in an obvious way. <laughs> I was going to say, it's someone who really emphatically wanted them to know that <laughs> she was killed with the power. Yeah. Because they, they sort out that this person had killed those other missing kinsmen, and they right. just never figured it out. And, and the person yeah, was so frustrated. And the person was like leaving clues for them, and they just didn't pick up on them at all. <laughs> yeah. So, like, apparently there was this whole trail, this, this whole quest like, that we didn't ever go down. Yeah. <laughs> So there's a murder. Somebody's murdering the channelers. Yeah, specifically a, the kinswoman, I think. And I think it sounds like they're trying to drive them off, scare yeah, them off. Yeah, it's like it's a terror campaign of some kind. Yeah. yeah. So don't know what that's about. Yep. I think it's Van Dien. You think it's Van so? Dien? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, it's, 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 if it's not Van Dien, it's probably whoever the Black Aja is that killed Van Dien's sister. Or Adelaus. Probably Van Dien. Yeah, since it might be... A- A.K.A. Adelaus, because right. it's actually Adelaus. I'm mean, calling her Vandalaus. Vandalaus. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, going into this, I was like, you know, I'm glad Dylan's here because Elaine needs a win, and man, I don't, this doesn't feel like any of this is good news for her. Right. So then we check in with Aramilla, and she is having a shitty feast with all of her shitty lords. Yeah, I was and this say- is why I don't think those child lords are the worst, because these people are the worst. <laughs> You're right, right. Like, the bright side here is that it... Aramella seems to be having an even worse time than Elaine is. Yeah. Uh, everyone there is just miserable. Right, yeah. And she keeps them all in line because she's got some hold over the one creepy, like, rapist lord. Yeah. I guess I guess he thinks... I, I don't remember because I know this was, like, a book or two ago. But apparently he thinks that she's someone that she's not, right? Like, he thinks she's a relative or something. Yeah, he's just senile or something. Yeah. 
And she's she's manipulating him using that senility. Right. And she's paying somebody off, and she thinks she's going to be queen in a week. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing she's trying to pay off the mercenaries. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's bribery on the mercenaries. But I, it's a so cryptic it, message. It also should be that, about. that new guy. Oh yeah, the new the, Captain the, Guybon. The ten thousand uh, soldiers that suddenly showed up and Elaine promoted to right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and now there's ten thousand soldiers in inside Camelot. Yeah, that's that's a problem. There's a, there's another funny thing here. So Nason Nason Nazan the 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 creepy uh, rapist lord. Uh, his granddaughter is somebody that's been around a bit, and everyone seems to think she's like, dumb, right? Yeah. But there's a, a hint here that she's actually playing the whole situation. Like, yes. There's a moment where she see, she asks like a really pointed question, and her face looks really sharp, and then she like goes back into it. So. <laughs> and Amarillo's like, I thought she was dumb as shit. No, she's still dumb as shit. I must have imagined it. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. just a trick of the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, very, to I totally think that's Sindane slash Lanfear. Oh, oh! That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, either way, it's an interesting implication, but that 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 would be that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. So, chapter eighteen: news for the dragon, icon of the dragon. Uh, Rand finally yeah. is hanging oh, out shit. at that country estate. When was the last time we had a Rand chapter? It's been a little while, right? Like a long time. Yeah. Like, certainly was, not this book. I think it was the end of the book before Crossroads of Twilight. Winter's that, Heart. Yeah, where Winter's he Heart. was when he cleaned the uh, the taint. I, I think we've yeah. seen him once since then, but it was like a brief chapter where he was like just hanging out and recovering. That's but, right, yeah. Mm. Uh, but I don't remember where that was, but it's been a long time either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, we're getting like a Rand chapter every other book now. <laughs> right. Uh, and then uh, he's hanging out there and Loyal is working on his book. Yeah. And he's asking Rand a bunch of questions and Rand, Rand isn't giving him much to work with. Loyal's like, you just make it sound like some stuff that happened. Where's all the drama? Where's the heroism, Rand? Rand is, you know, distracted, thinking about how uh, all the, the the shittiness of the digs around him. I was like, dude, come on, man. It's like, oh, you know, the the carvings are kind of shitty, you know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. This, this guy used to, to, clearly doesn't have much money. I was like, dude, come on, man. It's just whatever, like, whatever, shepherd. I know, yeah. right? Loyal was fun, though. It kind of made me, it, it felt almost like a little bit of like a breaking of the fourth wall. Like oh, Robert yeah. Jarn is Loyal, you know, like trying to write out these stories. Yeah, oh, I like totally. that. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because Rand, uh, someone asks him about his his you know his Tavarin buddies, and Rand actually uses a little swirly color thing to check in on them, uh, and they're exactly where we left off. Yeah. Like Matt's wandering, you know, with uh, two on through the woods, and Perrin is sitting with his Shanchen buddies. Yep. So. And but Rand is super good at, at controlling the rainbow visions in his mind because he's got all sorts of stuff in his mind. Yeah, <laughs> he's like this is another thing just tell to shut up. Yeah, this is like the fourth most important thing I've got in my mind. Yeah, Luce Theron, it was like it's like a horror movie. Like Luce mm-hmm. Theron thinks that Rand is the one who's in his mind, yeah. and so like I was thinking about that. Like if that was me, I would start doubting that I actually was there. I know, it's wondering crazy. if I was the person in somebody else's mind. Yeah, Luce yeah. Theron thinks Rand is in his mind, and he thinks Rand is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. not, not, maybe not wrong, you know? Yeah. I mean, thankfully it distracts him from the two horrific never healing wounds in sure, his body. Yeah, the constant yeah. pain forever. Yeah, when Nynaeve is like, I can't believe you live with that shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, there's, there's another guy too, though, that he and Luz Theron both see. Uh, 
and they see him clearly now, and the other guy sees them too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is Morden, right? Because uh, yeah, because we think this was the guy who was in Shadow Logoth and saves him. Who we, I think we we put together the context is Morden because yeah, he used the true power, which is like the opposite of the one power or whatever. Right, and that's the thing that Ishmael slash Morden does a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, it, so they're connected because they they cross the streams of Balefire. Whatever that I mean, like <laughs> okay, that's the thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But as a result, uh, as you mentioned, he sees him, and now he thinks, "Oh, this guy can track me, or at least knows where I am." Yeah. Because of this thing. But I thought, I, I don't know. I just it's probably Moradin, but I also thought it might be Slayer. Oh, it could be Slayer because he describes him as uh, a guy with blue eyes and a strong chin. Oh, but has he seen? He hasn't seen Slayer before, right? No, he hasn't. Okay. I was trying to think, like, Slayer looks a bit like... Every time someone sees Slayer, they think about how he looks like Lan, right? Yeah. So, the fact that he didn't say that makes me think... Yeah, you're right. He would have He would have said I mean, it. Just because that's the thing Robert Jordan wants to do. But, but I don't know. I mean, it could, it could and, be... And Rand, I'm sure, like most of us, sits around daydreaming about Lan, so he's used to... <laughs> <laughs> that's a totally yeah. normal thing to do. Normalize it, Jeff. Go for <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, there's a thing that... It's, it's kind of a throwaway thing, but Rand thinks to himself how he... He needs them here now, and he's thinking about Perrin and Matt. And I wonder if that's what's causing this weird rainbow thing to happen. Is that he's like, that's the pattern's way of trying to force them together. They're all, they're all yeah. like, fuck off, I'm well, busy. Remember, remember that thing where the where Matt and Perrin were both like, Rand needs me. I have to go right now. Yeah, just, I just know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess this this is kind of related to that. Mm -hmm. Then Loghain, or sorry, Lord Loghain comes mm -hmm. to report on Andor. Uh, he's been following Rand's orders. He sent half the Ashaman to Arad Doman and Ilion. And Dobrain and Ruark, who I guess is with the Goshi and Aiel, are in Arad Doman too. Yeah. So. And Loghain warns Rand about Tame. You know, hey, you know, he's super evil. He's, he's corrupted a whole bunch of your Ashaman. He's going to use them to build an army and attack you. Mm. And Rand's like, eh, not my problem. <laughs> I'll like, deal with that later. Loghain's like, but, but it is your problem. 100% your problem. And Rand's like, who's the boss here? <laughs> Tane keeps asking where you are, and I won't tell him, but he keeps asking. And he's got to figure it out. Why does he want to know where you are? Ominous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that Rand, it's, it's weird how blasé Rand is about that. I can only think it's because Rand expects he's going to die real soon, so he doesn't think Tame will get to him before he has to die anyway. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. And I think for Rand, he's like... He's, he's got like this macro view going right now, and he's like, okay, if I'm thinking at the world level... Tame and forty odd black, you know, black tower dudes that are are gonna come kill me. That's that is a big problem, but not as big a problem as this Sean Chan invasion that's you know taken over half the country. So one thing at a time, you know. Um, but you're, but either way, it does seem like he should be a little bit more concerned about this. Yeah, and then Cat uh, Swain demonstrates her contempt for Rand by interrupting him and Loghain. and threatening to spank them both. Yeah, mm. which. I know Rand seems to have a good reason to like take that, but if I was Loghain, I would be pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Cat Swain's thing is frustrating. Yeah. I felt it was pretty symbolic that Varen is like knitting something, but nobody can tell what it is. Ah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. It's like maybe it's a onesie. Maybe it's a, a huge sock. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's Varen. Varen says that the last battle is near. In a rare instance of directness from Viren. Yeah. 
Uh, and there's a lot throughout this whole conversation. There's like thunder every time anybody says anything important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm, that's a, a little on the nose, right? <laughs> yeah. Come on, pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rand also reveals that his truce with the Shanshan is part of what he learned in the portal. I don't think we knew that, right? No. This okay. This is a brand new thing that right. has never happened, as far as I can tell. Rand just talks about his plans with some other people. Yeah. <laughs> Andy talks about one of the questions he asks the uh, little thin. Yeah, little thin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is basically like, how can I, he, what does he ask? He how asks, can I win the last battle? How can I win the last battle? And and they say that in order to do that, it's something, it's kind of like an elaborate metaphor thing. It's like east needs to meet west, the north needs to meet south. And yeah. Rand takes that to mean that he's kind of making an alliance with the Shanshan, which, I mean, that's a... It's a bit of a stretch. That's a loose interpretation, but okay, you know, sure, sure. Um, right, but he's, you know, his plan is he's going to do a truce with the Shanshan, and they're all going to fight the last battle together, and then he's going to die during the last battle, so that's the end of the story. Yeah. That's yeah. the plan. I have, this, uh, I have this feeling that uh, Rand's totally wrong about what he's, what he's thinking, and that Matt's campaign is, like, actually what the Eolfin are talking about. Uh, uh, when I say Matt's campaign, I mean trying to bone two on <laughs> um, like and that got me thinking. I have this feeling that Matt and Perrin are both doing like big work for Rand without even realizing it. Like Matt's going to bring him the Shanshan through Tuon, yeah. whether he knows it or not. And Perrin, I think, is going to bring him the Shido. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work, but I think that's what's going to come out of this. Oh, yeah, yeah, that could happen. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's just a, a thought I had based on yeah, that's, what's happening that's, right that's now. This is a good prediction. Yeah. Because was the was it the Ilfin who said something about the daughter of the Nine Moons to Rand as well? Like I know they said it to yeah. Matt. They also said it to Rand. Yeah. So uh, you're right. Yeah. I, th- I think it's it, they said he said like how do I it was maybe it's like how do I how do I live or something like that how do I win the battle and live and they said something about him he needs to be tied to the daughter of the Nine Moons which mm-hmm. is Matt marrying Tuan. Right. right? Yeah. So it's cool. It seems like something's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, uh, something tragic strikes. Uh, because Loyal's mom is here. Oh, no. And, and at that, that point, it's like, party. we're calling it a day. <laughs> yeah. Chapter 19. Vows. I can have the wheel of time. A Loyal chapter. A Loyal chapter. Have we ever had one? I don't think we've ever had a Loyal chapter. And if we have, I uh, not nearly enough of them. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I was very excited about so this. He reluctantly heads to his mother. Yeah. Um, and we learn on the way that he cannot see human ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, what well, does that mean? I don't know. Okay, so I don't remember for sure, but I think everyone can't see all the ghosts. I think that you only. It seems like there have been situations where somebody sees a ghost and the other person doesn't see what they're seeing. Yeah, it's true. That that has kind of happened. So I don't know if that's the same thing or but not. I think he doesn't actually explicitly kind of think like I guess I maybe I see OG or ghost. I don't know. And, yeah. And this isn't the point, but it really did drive home. This is the first time we've heard from the point of view of somebody who wasn't human. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. We Which was had, interesting, you know? Yeah, they troll our point of views, have we? So, oh, we, had, we had to go on once, but he mostly thought about how good blood tasted. Fair enough. This whole thing, it's, it's very loyal, right? Where he's thinking about how he's, he'd love to wander one of the ghost towns before it sinks into hell or whatever, <laughs> just to get a feel for what it might have been like, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I, think, I think that if Matt could have like a good chat with Loyal, where he wasn't like, hung up on his, all his bullshit, I think Loyal would have a really good time, you know? Yeah, he would learn a lot from Matt's yeah. memories. Yeah. And we could have some really good talks. I feel like I identify the most with Loyal out of everybody in here. <laughs> he's, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. 
And this, this house is very Ogier friendly. It is, surprisingly. Yeah. It's got like the staircases have two sets of steps. That was cool. <laughs> the <big> Ogier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like six rooms for the Ogier. Yeah. yeah. So this is, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I don't think we know anything about the, the owner of this house. We know his name and that he went to the Black Tower. So I guess he's, he determined he was a channeler. But um, I, this must be a really old house, right? Like a, an old family. Even if they yeah. don't have money, they have like... A history, right. you know? Yeah, they have like sung wood, which yeah. was cool. Yeah, one, one, a sung wood bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Loyal's having a rough time because there's a lot of Ogier adulting on his horizon, and he's not into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that, you know? he really doesn't want to get married. He's only 90, right? Yep. Yeah, it's like just a kid. Yeah. You know? Babies yeah, having but, babies. And he's right. That's what this is about. It's his mother, uh, who is formidable, and Elder Haman, who's pretty cool, and Irith. Who's just a dish? Yeah. yeah oh right? man, I know. She's yeah. like, ooh, primo. primo. Her mouth was yeah. straight. Her nose short and well rounded. Oh. Her eyes the exact color of a silver bell ripe sea pod. Oh man, I'm, I'm a half master right now. And, <laughs> and her ears sticking up through the glossy black hair that hung down her back, oh, there curving we go. and. Pl- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty steamy stuff. <laughs> I know, right? Like, he, he's like, I would never tell her that. I wouldn't talk so brazenly about her ears. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we broke out again. funny because you know he talks he talks about how stone cold like hot his his fiance is right and utter smoke show yeah Ooh, man oh and uh <laughs> apparently they've been hearing about all his heroic deeds and and his gambling apparently yeah. and, but it, you know it and seems I, like our wonderful Leal is a bit of an ogier bad boy yeah right? I, I, I really love that how elder Haman gives the whole rundown of how they've been chasing him for like seven books because yeah. <laughs> we, we've seen him pop up every now and then they're like okay well i guess we're gonna run to the next spot yeah yeah we went to the emmons field and i guess you fought off an army of trollocs there or something and then uh, we went back to kyrian and i guess you did a bunch of dangerous stuff there too and you uh, fought in the dumai wells <laughs> yeah you, you closed all the evil way gates by yourself and he's like no by myself. <laughs> Aerith is super into this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like, She's this like, bad boy Ozier can get it. <laughs> yeah, I think Loyal's going to be just fine with her. Yeah. Uh, which is good, because they are married immediately on the spot. Oh, yeah, right there. They <laughs> yeah. the words. You know, Ozier moves slow about some things, but apparently not this. No, when it's time to seal the deal, they do it. Yeah. Uh, Ozier marriage involves a lot of emotional labor on the part of the wife. Uh, that is that is something I did notice. The, the whole tending your husband thing seemed a little like, okay, well. Yeah. She's also been fucking chasing him around the globe for however long, too. It's true, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although it's not that long for an Ogier. I guess, and yeah. she clearly wants some of that loyal tail. Do Ogiers have tails? Uh, oh. We should know this. <laughs> I feel like there in some in, in some pictures he definitely does, but I can't. Yeah, I can't think said, of they would have said if he had a tail, right? He would have had special pants. <laughs> no, you're right. I don't. Th- I, I don't think they've ever talked about his tail doing anything. You know, so it mm-hmm. seems like yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I think and, you know. and then like after they're married, you know, they start 
by first they they nose. Yeah. yeah they yeah. nose so hard yeah. in front of me. Right. So so much nosing you're like, I probably shouldn't be nosing this much in front of my mom. Right, and then, here we and are. then his ears go up and her ears go up and Yeah. Mercy. She and tugs she, on it. She touches his ears. I was oh. like, damn dude. Oh, dude his Steamy. mom's right there. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I mean you gotta you gotta assert dominance in front of the <laughs> It's true. <laughs> especially since she's now she's the boss now. Yes, yeah, they established that now now his mom's not the boss, now she's the boss. I found yeah. that a little satisfying because his mom was being really obnoxiously bossy. Yeah. She was, yeah. yeah. And and Irith, at least so far, seems super into who Loyal actually is, which yeah. is great. Yes. Yeah. The, the, so, so from here things get kind of interesting because we, we know very little about the way Ogier work, right? Yeah. We do know they've been having this great stump for, I don't know, like three books now or something, right? And so apparently we learned that the thing that the Ogier are debating for a very long time is that uh, whether or not to open something called the Book of Translation to leave the world. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> yeah, right? That came out of nowhere. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't think we know anything about this. I, I think there was some implication yeah. that Ogier are from another place, maybe, but I don't know if I'm making that up or not. Are they? I don't know. I could be making that up. I could be confusing my series. Well, I mean, the Steadings, other rules that apply to the rest of the world don't apply to Steadings, specifically. That's a good point. You know, and they can travel through a way gate, which also the rules of the world don't apply there as well. Yeah, so yeah, they, they it wouldn't surprise me if they were otherworldly. Well, the way gates were not created by the Ogier. Those were created by the, the ancient Aes Sedai as a, as a thank you to the Ogier, right? I could have sworn that they built them themselves. Maybe that's that's the deal. Maybe they're they're... Originally, like a long time ago, from another world, and the steadings are where that other world touches this world, mm-hmm. and that's why they get sick if they're away from it too far because they're away from whatever it is they need oh. from their original world. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering if it's something like that. That's interesting. Maybe, maybe they're like you know even nomadic in some way where they can move their their steadings to another another place. That would be really interesting. Yeah. So we don't know, but but yeah, this was all news to me, and I was like, I want to know more about this right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the book of translation uh, is is a bi- basically the what's up for debate is whether the yeah. the OG are going to bail out of this world and say, right. we'll come back later, guys. Yeah, and, you guys and, have some shit, shit you got to clean up. And La- Loyal's mom is pro book of translation, and Elder Haman is against it. Mm-hmm. And then Loyal gives. An awesome speech. I know, yes. right? He's, he's all like, well, I, I don't know what I could say. And, and Elder Mon's like, well, why don't you give it a try? And he's like, when they came with the Trolloc Wars, we did not stand by. <laughs> right? <laughs> I know. It was stirring. It was great. It oh, was. man. That, this is, yeah, I was like, Okay, and, come and, on, come and Elder Haman is like, yeah, yeah, that's the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. bottle that up. Just don't say that. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even his mom's like, okay, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and you're you're loyal, the big damn hero, loyal Trolloc killer, right? You can go say this stuff. Yeah. Another interesting thing about it, though, Tarman Gaidon is it um, is coming, and on that hangs the fate not only of this world but of any world we might flee to. Oh, so yeah, it, yeah, it applies yeah. across different worlds oh, too. So, so I guess so that el- the elf and it could affect them as well. <laughs> oh, I didn't yeah. think about that. Right? Yeah, it could affect. That's interesting. I didn't realize that. So mm-hmm. it's it's like that thing where uh, you know, it's what did they say? Like back in book two or something? Like if he if the dark one is defeated in any world, he's defeated in every world. But if he wins in just one world, he wins in all worlds. Yeah, oh, I, th- I forgot about. I that. I thought it was in in cycles or something like that. It was like every every cycle he gets another chance or something like that. But yeah, yeah either way, yeah. Hmm. So I've all that, but all that's irrelevant because Trollocs show up. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's discussion over. Yeah. Trollocs come boiling out of the forest. Time for Loyal to impress his new wife. And there's this awesome bit with Elder Haman where he's like. 
we're gonna need these axes. And he takes the ceremonial axes off the off the wall and tosses <coughs> one to Loyal. I know. It's like, okay, okay, so Elder Hamon's a little bit of a bad boy himself. <laughs> yeah. I loved learning that about them. Like, they seem very peaceful, but they're badasses. Yeah, yeah. they do talk about... Uh, we've heard allusions to this in a couple of different points that uh, Ogier uh, do fight, and when they do, it's like it's kind of a, uh, horrifying. And we know that there are the gardeners, which are the Shanshin, uh, Shanshin Ogier soldiers. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then we cut to Rand. So Rand and company, since the Shadow Spawn coming, because I, I forgot they can do that when you, they can channel. Yeah, totally, totally forgot about that. They have a Trolloc sense. It starts and, tingling. And so anyway, they just start blasting. Yeah. <laughs> As he's summoning Sidin, Luz Theron tags in and takes the reins. Yeah. That's concerning. <laughs> yeah. Seems really, really bad, but turns out what Luz Theron wants to do is kill these people even faster than Rand would have. So. Luckily. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. was a good Robert Jordan battle. Oh, that was so cool. Oh, oh yeah. Really into it. And Luz yeah. Theron starts throwing these new spells that Rand's never heard oh, of before. Oh, and he's like describing them. I just ate that up. Yeah. yeah. It sends like the death gates. The death gates. <laughs> it's it's like, they're just like gates open and shut really fast and just like chew them up. Yeah. Slice them up. Did yeah. we know that the, the Shadow Spawn can't pass through gates? We did not know that. Yeah. And I think that that is like a retcon. Like, what, you know. Why, why the Forsaken don't use gates to travel, yeah. to, oh, to move oh, their because, trolls around? Oh, because they can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they, can't, they can't survive it, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. That's why they use the, the ways. Yeah. Uh, but it's awesome. There's this huge, massive wave of 10,000 Trollocs or whatever. and the More. It's like 100,000. Yeah, like so many, so yeah. many. More and, Trollocs than we've ever seen. And Rand and all the other channelers just mow them all down, and they almost almost don't survive. The, the Shadow Spawn almost get to them. But this is, I guess this is why we don't see Trolloc attacks anymore, right? <laughs> like like yeah. they sent 100,000 Trollocs after him, and they managed to handle it pretty well. Yeah. Remember mm-hmm. in Eye of the World when it was a really big deal that he killed one Trolloc? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. But, uh, and yeah, and, and Loghain learns the new spells and stuff, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's like, you hold that on me, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> it's like, and, that's a long story. I don't yeah. want to do it. No. <laughs> and then, and Luz Theron's like, channeling, eh? Hey, I remember last time I channeled what happened. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I do. I remember how I, yeah, didn't I die before? Oh, I remember how I did it. Uh, yeah. Uh, what? Uh, 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 Okay, first we have to destroy the Lord of Darkness and save the world, then death. Yeah, yeah. Because it feels like you've got a crazy guy just inches away from pushing that nuke button. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And that's uh, yeah. So, but he does manage to talk him down. Whoo! Yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody around him is super freaked out because of how Rand's been acting, and uh, I don't blame any of them. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think he did tell he did tell Cat Swain about Lucerne, right? I, I think he's told Min. I don't remember if he told Catswain. He's told a couple of people about it. Yeah, I wonder if Min can feel Luz Theron through the bond. Oh, that's oh. an interesting... I think we know the answer to that. I, I don't remember super well, but I think there was something where she remembered feeling something that felt weird through the bond, I think, but I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's certainly aware of her. Yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> he's all tugging his yeah. ear low and humming. Tug his ear. <laughs> Uh, uh, in the Age of Legends, like that's how you showed you were really horny. You mm, tug your ear. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's better than other things you can tug, I suppose. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, Logan's like, "Hey, man, uh, I get it. You can hold along the power. You don't have to." Yeah. And Catherine's like, "Dude, what, what is going on here?" And Aaron's like, "No, no, I'm cool. Everything's fine. I'm not going to kill us all. I'm fine. It's great." <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> Very convincing. Mm-hmm. 
So chapter 20, The Golden Crane, Icon of Some Ravens. Yeah, as, as Alice mentioned, Luz Theron has taken to referring to Rand as the voice in his head, which can't be great for Rand's self-esteem. Yeah, yeah I know, right? I mean, well, you can look in a mirror. Yeah. Uh, they right. did work together when Luz Theron wanted to, like, use the hands to blast people, and, and Rand was like, okay, and he lifts up his hands. He's like, I'm try- he's like, normally I lift my hands when... The-. He's like, hint, hint, normally my hands are up for this. Rand's like, okay, fine. <laughs> and then the laser shoot. So Rand goes out and surveys the charnel of the battlefield, mm. piles yeah. of dead Trollocs. So, 100,000 Trollocs, I was thinking about this, this is a force that probably could have over, overrun most of the individual militaries of the nations of this world. Yeah, he probably could have beaten the Borderland armies with that, especially since the armies are not in the Borderlands. Yeah, it gives you a sense of how much magic is able to tip the balance of power in this world, because Absolutely, if yeah. like half, what, what was it, maybe a dozen Chandlers versus... A force that could cripple any any country's military, and they win. I mean, that's that's wild, right? Yeah. With minimal losses. Yeah. I mean, then the question kind of becomes then, like, why even bother getting armies? That is well. I I think it's only that they have a limited number of channelers, or I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, why is Rand building armies when he could just be sending a pair of Ashenwind every every place? Right. It may be habit, but it also may be that. In the last battle, they're going to be busy fighting the Channelers. So they need armies right, also. The Forsaken. Yeah, and they're going to need the Shan Chen with their freaking Domine. Yeah, where they think uh, they will. Yeah. yeah. And Rand is turned on by men walking among the hundreds of thousands of <laughs> dead things. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, she's wearing a nice tight breeches, you know. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so apparently no one is, will teach Olivia uh, out of a combination of prejudice and misguided loyalty to Rand. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of red flags around Olivia, right? Well, Rand trusts her. Does Rand trust her, or does Rand just think that she's going to help him fulfill some prophecy? He said a couple of times that they, that they have an agreement. Like, he's talked to her, and they have, yeah. like, an understanding, essentially. So, I don't trust Olivia. Yeah. I don't know what her motivation is. Because she's been a slave for, like, 500 years, and all the other Shan Chen slaves are into it. Right? They, 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 they're brainwashed. Yeah. So why is she? Like, what, what's her agenda here? Uh, sensibly, it's to that she wants to kill Shanchen, right? I wonder if she's one of the Forsaken. Oh, she is very, very powerful. Oh. She's very strong, right? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, huh. I don't know which one she would be. Grendel, maybe? I, yeah, maybe we don't... Yeah, well... I'm trying to think. Wasn't Grendel... Where was Grendel? Uh, Grendel... Last we heard, she was off in the east, like, dicking around with local politics. Okay. But that was a long time ago. Yeah. So, yeah, it could, it could be a, a Forsaken. It could be Grendel. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I just thought of that. Anyway, so he's out there. He gets a letter from Viren, who has taken a powder again. Yeah. I, so, okay... Viren sends him a letter from, like, the camp. Isn't that a little bit like texting someone from the next room over in the same house? (laughs) It kind of is, yeah. Yeah. Um, And, let's see. They go into that barn. Yeah, they go into this really creepy barn that's, like, swarmed with flies, and it's where all the dead uh, Saldans are. Yeah, but the guy guy who was there said he, like, looked away, and then he looked back, and all of a sudden there were just flies. Yeah, so all over. Is that some another one of these creepy things that has been happening? Yeah, yeah and I guess Olivia drives him out uh, yeah. with, with magic. But Varen, Varen's letter basically says, "Don't trust anybody except Catswain." Yeah, Catswain's cool. Who but the other sisters suck. Yeah, I would put the last on the list. Yeah, 
Figuring out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We still don't know who she's working for or what's going on with her. I, 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 I still maintain that Viren's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Just because like, I want to know what she's up to. Yeah. And uh, Loyal is leaving. Yeah. He tells Randy's married and also bailing. And Rand's like, but who's going to close up all my waygates? They're just chock full of Trollocs and it's mm-hmm. getting out of hand here, man. Yeah. Also, congratulations on your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but Elder Haman is going to stay and deal with the waygates. I like Elder yeah. Haman. Yeah, he yeah. seems all right. I guess after uh, talking to Loyal, he's got the adventuring bug now. Also, we know that Ojir tick, Ojir chicks dig a bad boy. So yeah. <laughs> That's right. yeah, he just saw he saw the response that Loyal got from Aerith, and he's like, mm, maybe I need a little some of that. <laughs> some Loyal's of that like, I've been a virgin for ninety years. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go get busy. Go to Poundtown. Yeah. yeah, he needs a, he needs a honeymoon period. You know, I mean, yeah. they, they're the beds are big enough here, right? Yeah, yeah. that is true. Yeah, we didn't see uh, we didn't see Loyal fighting during this conflict. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes, yeah, so he, he may have been. It, May have pulled a Lord Ibarra on that one. Oh yeah, just get busy on a pile of dead Trollocs. <laughs> so Bashir is back too. Um, so the meeting with the daughter of the Nine Moons is set up in Altara in three days. Yeah, he also confirms that that what we kind of suspected that this Trolloc army. He, he he mentions that they usually do like three to four humans per Trolloc. So yeah, that's like four hundred thousand humans worth of overrun. So it's yeah, like, yeah, it's a huge army, huge. Yeah. But yeah, um, so, okay, I was having trouble with this. So he says that the Daughter of the Nine Moons is going to meet him in northern Altara near the border of Andor. Now, this is throwing me because that's actually where Tuon is, right? That's what I was thinking. I was, yeah. like, staring at the map because, like, they were on their way to Lugard. And if you look at the map, they were coming from Edudar to Lugard. And they kind of broke off before they got there. That's really fucking close to the place that he just so described. I have this feeling. That's where Suroth is looking for to on. Yeah. But I have this feeling like what's going to happen is Randy's going to sit down with the imposter and then they're going to be like going, the discussion is going to be going the wrong way and then Matt's going to like kick in the door and say, where's a guy got to go to get a drink around here, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just randomly be in the right place. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like this is clearly a tra- to me this is clearly a trap that Sarah set up for Rand. But also, I think there's going to be like a, a twist like that where Tuan's going to show up anyway. Yeah. Um, also, I, I want to point out that Suroth is bringing six Damane and six Suldam, mm-hmm. which is 12 Chandlers. It's 12. Very close to that magic number. It's uh, true. It's true. Yeah. So for Very those who's keeping track, you know, yeah. like I don't, I don't know if Rand does, Rand does know that. Yeah, Rand knows. Yeah. yeah. They all know. Yeah. yeah. So he knows that that's 12 Chandlers. Um, so yeah. Anyway, definitely a trap. Yeah. All kinds of trap. It's always a trap with Suroth. Yes. So then we cut to Nynaeve hanging out with Lan. Yeah. I don't think we've really seen much of that, have we? That's because we, I mean, what's Robert Jordan going to do? Write a a fucking porn chapter? I mean, like, I assume (laughs) that every moment they're alone together, they're, you know, passionately having bonathons. And, you know, I mean, like, this is probably a, they don't, it's subtext again that they're just like totally naked and covered in sweat. In this discussion, it's true. You know? It happened literally moments before the narrative began. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she said her headache's gone. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Sometimes you gotta fuck the pain away. Yeah, he gave her the, the old Malkiri cure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're observing some of the Ashaman Isidai burned Trollocs. And we find out what that thing is. We didn't know this, right? The thing that Nynaeve is wearing on her hand all the time? The Terangriol? Yeah. Uh, it's like a sensor, like a multi-purpose sensor of some kind. So she has a lot of things. Yeah, she has a sensor that tells... Pe- tells her when people around her are feeling angry or hostile. 
and she has another one that tells her when people are channeling and she can tell the difference between side in and side are channeling through the way it vibrates and the, yeah there's there's a couple of things going on here i don't think we yeah. knew that yeah i don't think so so that's that's interesting i'm glad she's getting the hang of that yeah and uh, they have a little conversation. Uh, Nynaeve re- remarks several times on how hard Land's muscles are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One particular muscle, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> but then Nynaeve decides to send Land to the Blight to chase his one true love, which is killing Shadowspawn. Yeah. And, and I guess I guess in Land's mind, he's going to go tell the Shinarans that... Tarman Guidance coming, right? I think in Land's mind, he's just going to ride into the Blight by himself and kill everybody he sees. Well, I, that wasn't my interpretation until Nynaeve does what she does. Yeah. Which, you know, we'll get to in a minute. Because I, I do want to talk about their, their time in the stables. Because they're on their way out. And he's like, I'll help you get to Shinar. No, she says, I'll help you get to the Borderlands. It's very mm-hmm. important. Yeah. And um, so they go to the stables, like, packed up and everything. And Land's like, saddle my horse. And the stable, <laughs> the stable guy's like, <laughs> he, he goes to try and get Mandarm and like they're having this conversation and they, every time they look over there's like more stablemen trying to get a saddle on Mandarm it's like, it's like so great. and Land just does not help him at all <laughs> he's like has no no like come on man <laughs> it, it takes like half a dozen of them chasing him down to get the blanket on and they have to get the saddle on before he kicks the blanket off it's like, this whole thing oh crack me up we also got a, a time thing too which we hadn't because it's kind of hard to tell sometimes with the narrative switching between so many people how long time has occurred. But Land makes a reference to when they sought the eye of the world a couple of years ago. So it's been two years-ish oh, then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. two years. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot happening. <laughs> Which is, uh, it's actually been longer for us as the readers. Right. <laughs> since we started this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. true. Uh, so this, this, then from there it gets a little, like, a little funny. And this is kind of what we were talking about. So Nynaeve makes him swear to ride to Faldmoran to gather men before going yeah, to the and, Blight. Yeah, and anybody that wants to, read, to ride with them, he has to take them with him to the Blight. Yes, and and he's like, okay, fine, you know, I, I don't lead people, but if they want to ride, they'll ride. He swears the oath, right? Yeah. And then she drops it. She doesn't take him to Shinar. She takes him to the... Uh, Saldea. Saldea, right? Yeah. And not just Saldea. She takes him to the, what's it called? The edge of the world. The world's end. The, the world's end, which is like as far away from... <laughs> Tamwin's gate as it is possible to be. Yeah. 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 And uh, and leaves him there. And leaves him there. And yeah. Since he, he swore to to go to Falmoran first. So basically, he's on the border. opposite end of the continent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how he's going to forgive her for this one. I mean, well, I I think I see where this is going, right? Oh, because, me too. Yeah. What happens after that is she goes to some Malkiri merchant who's just minding his own business. Yeah. And says basically the golden crane is riding to the Tarman Gaidan. And and like, Will you fight? Will you fight for Malkir? And at first he's like, No, fuck that. But then she's like, He's riding for Tarman Gaidan and he's like, Yes, I swear my blade, yes! He shall not ride alone. And then he turns to like some other Malkiri merchants, like, Will you ride with me and the golden crane? And they're like, Yes! Because Nynaeve is yeah, Tavaren, right? He, Come on, he, man. He, he can't, there's no hashtag, other explanation. It's hashtag Nynaeve is Tavaren. Come on, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is so obvious. And he's going to yeah. send him, she tells him to send a message to all of the merchants that he knows. Yeah. So as he rides across the whole borderlands, all the, the Malkiri, all the people yeah. are going to ride with him. And presumably other borderlanders are going to latch on as well. Because, like, you know, once an army starts going, everyone's like, oh, go, go join them. You know, it looks <laughs> no. like fun. They're having such a good time. 
this is so epic. I oh, love it. Yeah. I was really excited about this. It's I know. a great speech of hers, too. I had to go back and read that scene again. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's fantastic. She's, she's like, yeah, she, she, she really does a great job here. And she does, like, she does land a real solid, I'd say. And this is, this is exciting. I, I, I have a feeling that we're not going to get a payoff on this for a very long time. Because I imagine it's going to take land a little while to ride across the entire continent. He's going to be leading a, a whole army by the time he gets there. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is going to be great. This is, this is how the Borderlands come over to the dragon, I think. Oh, yeah. That would make sense, yeah. yeah. I was wondering, because his last name is very similar to Land's. So does Dragoran, is that supposed to be dragon? Because this guy is Aldragorn and Land is Mandragorn, right? That's a good right? question. I, I think it's just because they're both Malkyrie. Yeah, Mal- there must be Malkyrie yeah. names. Yeah, yeah, I was curious. Uh, yeah, I wonder if there's some history there. Mm-hmm. It could be one of those... Wheel of Time things where, you know, somebody 3,000 years ago dropped a pebble in that spot and said, this is where the city will grow that will be the most important thing. The most important thing because it's going to teach the dragon how to sword fight. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, so uh, that's epic. quite an ending. Yeah, yeah. This, this chapter had two awesome battle speeches in it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, this, I, I'm, I'm telling this, you guys, this book is really paying off. This is shaping up to be my favorite book. Wow, that good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I, I have. I, I mean, we we talked about this before, and you know, this is. I think we're. We've already said we're to the point where none of us have read this, but based on people's ratings, the the books from here continue to get better, according to you know the internet, yeah. whatever that means. So yeah, we might find that each book is our new favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really enjoying this a lot. Yeah, and I don't. I don't blame Nynaeve. You know? No, yeah, absolutely. That was still real dirty, though. Okay, well, it is and it isn't, right? Like, based on being naive, knowing Lan, and like, what are you going to do, right? You can't stop him from doing something. Yeah. But you can make him do it in such a way that maybe he won't die. That's what she's trying to do, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to ride into the thing. He's going to ride into Tarwin's Gap, into the Blight. But maybe she can put an army on him, you know? Sure. That's just, that's a big lie. It wasn't a lie, though. Well, she never yeah, lied. It's, it's I said I, said I lie. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He was probably like, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm so tired of I said I bullshit. You know, honestly, I think Land would be okay with it. He's not necessarily like, I have to go there now. He's probably irritated, but like, I, I'm sure he gets it, right? Yeah. yeah. Smart guy. He gets it. And if it pays off, then, you know, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, Although, I'm sure she'll make it up to him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Apparently she likes clawing his back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which seems right in character for her. Oh, totally. Absolutely, yeah. She's a back scratcher. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say, we got an email from one of our listeners, Kristen, who gave us an awesome discussion question last time. But she got back in touch, and she let me know that she's a nurse working in a hospital right now. And she said, some days the only thing getting me into my car and to work was knowing I'd laugh all the way to work and would do so again after my shift. And that just, like, I've been smiling about that since she sent it. Um yeah, this has been a hard time for everyone, and I know that we all feel really helpless, those of us who can't, <laughs> who don't have actual skills to help in any way during this. So just knowing that we're making a frontline worker's life a little better right now was really gratifying to hear. So thank you for that, Kristen, and thank you to everybody else who's getting some enjoyment out of it in this darkest timeline that we're trying to emerge from. Yeah, yeah that's wonderful, Kristen. We're glad it helps. Indeed. Yeah, for sure. And then we have a question from one of our most lovely and loyal listeners, Mason, who wanted to know, if you could ask a question of someone living in the Age of Legends, what would you like to know, and what kind of person would you like to talk to? Would you like to talk to a builder from the Utopia, a scientist, a farmer, a doctor? I would want to talk to a programmer. (laughs) I 
don't know what kind of computers they had. Do you think? They, yeah. Do you think they had programmers? So, so they had to. You have if, to program stuff, if, right? Well, They've got like airplanes. Well, yeah. a, they do, but remember, this is a magic timeline, right? So all of their technology is magic. Exactly. So they, I think that they made Terran Griol of all kinds. So they probably made you know computational Terran Griol. So they probably had magic programmers. Yeah. So, so, so I mean, how did it work? Is a programmer just uh, someone who can make Terran Griol? Uh, maybe it is. Yeah, they're like uh, programmers of, of real world things. Yeah, interesting. And kind of like, sort of at the core, the, the core definition of magic is that it's something that allows you to reverse the the laws of entropy in the universe, right? Mm -hmm. You can you can take, you know, you can reverse the laws of thermodynamics. Like that's the fundamental thing they can do. And uh, programming and engineering is is very much about sort of uh, working out the consequences in like a deterministic way of a, a set of premises. But if you have magic, right, you don't need to work out, you can work backwards, right? You can work from, from conclusions to premises, because that's like, that's what it does. And I just want to know, how, what, how would you do that? Like, how would you operationalize that? Well, yeah, absolutely. It'd be, it'd be uh, well, it'd be very different than what we do, you know? Yeah. 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 I think it'd be cool to talk to the Ogier uh, from that timeline, because they, they have their, their singers, their gardeners, right? Mm -hmm. and the gardeners had a different meaning back then. I think they were called gardeners still, I don't remember. Yeah. But the Ogier were around in that time too, and they you know just like tended things. But I think it'd be really interesting to get an Ogier's perspective on the world at that point, because Ogier have such like a, a wide view. Well, I guess the Aes Sedai at that time lived a similar length of time to Ogier, right? I, I bet the Ogier, well, you're right about the Aes Sedai, but I bet the Ogier remember the age before the age of legends right that's a good point yeah, yeah. the og that were alive at that time probably had information about that yeah, yeah. so i think it'd be really interesting to talk to an og at that time is our time date before the age of legends is that our us it's a wheel right so it's both, both before <laughs> and after no no, I mean like, no alice check it out <laughs> the idea is no no alice there's a wheel but it's also time what <laughs> time's a flat disc uh, <laughs> no no there's way more ages than just two right yeah yeah uh and, and yeah, we don't we don't know what age. This is the, this the third one they age. call it. The, yeah, they say the third age. Called the third age by some. Yeah, mm, maybe but, it's the age of empires. Yeah, might be the age of empires. <laughs> it's a video game joke. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Alice? I mean, it was gonna be very similar to what Jeff said. I wanted to know about the people who like invented and built the Tyrangrials. Yeah. That is fascinating to me because it's not just like. They're building it, but like, you know, you've got like the statues and things like that. And I'd really love to know the process by which they determine what a Tron girl is going to look like and how they make it have these powers. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's really interesting to me, too, because, you know, with this very brief uh, and one of, one of my favorite things, when uh, Avienda was yeah. going through all these Tron girl, they all had physical representations that had seemed to have nothing to do with what they actually did. Sometimes they did, but sometimes they didn't. It was also interesting because they made the point that um, size didn't necessarily indicate how powerful or how useful it was either. Yeah, so is, is the idea that you can make a Tarong Grail look like anything, so they chose to make their Tarong Grail look like beautiful objects that they could have around because that was just like the culture? Was it was it the the... the the purpose of a Tarangriol dictates its shape to some degree? That's a good question. Yeah, and how about the ones that, like, the Tremalking ones that are at completely opposite places, you yeah. know? Or, like, 
the the freaking arches are Tarangrail too. So like, how did you go about building something that would lead you into a different reality or whatever it is? Yeah, I, I think we didn't we learn that the arches are actually linked to the Tower of Genji somehow. I don't remember if it said that they depended on that or they've used the Tower of Genji or something oh, like that. I just remember they have to go to the Tower of Genji. But I wonder if the Tower of Genji is itself a Tarangrail. I think it must be right because yeah. like it doesn't have any you can, it, they don't know what it's made out of and it doesn't have any way of being going in or out. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, like, is yeah, it, it's gotta it, have power. Does a Tarangrail have to be a tower if it does something like that, or is it just that's what they wanted to make? You know, it's yeah. it's, it's an interesting question, and and uh, yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, super cool. All right. Well, thanks, Mason. That was a, another great question. Yeah. yeah. So that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters twenty-one through twenty-three of Knife of Dreams. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram if you like looking at baked goods. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those, but I wish I had some of those baked goods. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.